Welcome to Pitch Session. That's Pitch with a P. I'm Kirsten. I'm Andrew. And what a week it was in field hockey, Kier. It was quite a week. New week, new pod. New number one. <laughs> well, that was the, very well uh, done. <laughs> the, the, the curse uh, rolls on. Our deep apologies to Coach Matson. Uh, Carolina fell to Liberty on Sunday, two to one in overtime, and they have been displaced uh, at the top of the rankings by Northwestern. Speaking of Northwestern, the new number one. I mean, it wouldn't be a pitchception episode if we didn't interview the number one head coach in the country. So Coach Fuchs is going to join us in a little bit. Three weeks, three number ones, three number one coaches on the show. And I think if anyone can break the pitch session, Kurtz, it's Tracy Fuchs. So uh, sh- we've got her commitment. The legend of legends. The legend of legends. Yes. Um, so time Olympian. Yep. Many An athletes that I cannot think of right now, but yeah, superstar star on both the turf and the ice. That's right. I still haven't sent you that clip. Uh, maybe we'll find it and we'll we'll retweet it on Pitch Sessions uh, Twitter account. That's pitch, at Pitch Session Pod. Please God follow us. Um, where Tracy Fuchs, of of course she did, scores uh, at a little little promo at the Blackhawks game a couple years ago after their national championship. I mean, it's actually impossible. But if you see her step on ice, you're like, yeah, she's gonna sink this, obviously. Clearly. I mean, she's a, she's a hockey maven, whether on turf or ice. Yes, I, mean, I think exactly. if they invented sand hockey, she'd be good. At, is that a thing? There, it is a thing. It is a thing. I mean, it hasn't caught she on. Played it, it? Uh, I guess there's I street hockey. There's street hockey. There's street hockey. There's sand hockey. I don't really think sand hockey's like made its way to the United States. It's very, you know, like it's very, I don't know. It's a novelty. We're not taking it seriously yet. You know, but there, yes. was a, there was a roller hockey league in like the mid 90s that ESPN used to play the games, like show the games on. It was played in the summer in like Southern California. And my brother all summer, like at noon to four o'clock, they would show these roller hockey games that were awesome. And the teams had like really cool names. Anyhow, that's a thing that happened like 25 years or 30 years. You want to here's here's a little um, a little Kirsten tidbit. So, you know, obviously a KT uh, grew up playing hockey in the shadow of um, Norlanco, my mother's team. And, um, you know, like a lot of field hockey. But Dave Gebhardt also played roller hockey on the Trojans and apparently was quite a force. A force of nature. Of course he was. In the rank. He took yeah. no prisoners. Actually, I don't know if it was roller hockey, if it was like street hockey. You know, you're just like running. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. But, you know, was Crystal this doesn't get all the credit. Days? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was more of a Gebhardt tidbit than a Kirsten tidbit. You're That's a Gebby that tidbit. A Gebby tidbit. A GT. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's look at the poll. We have a new number one team. uh, And as per tradition, the coach will join us a little bit later. Northwestern is number one. Duke, number two. Carolina, by virtue of their loss, falls to three. The nation's lone undefeated. Your Rutgers Scarlet Knights are fourth, jumping up two spots. And Louisville rounded out the top five. Um, Penn State. Stayed in the uh, poll there at 15. 
Michigan 16, UMass Amherst 17, and then Cornell, Albany, and UMass Lowell uh, bring up the rear. Not a lot of movement in or out of the poll. Um, several teams either moved up one or stayed put. Uh, UMass Lowell Diet, UMass Diet, Massachusetts, the biggest uh, tied for the biggest drop of the week, down three spots uh, from 17 to 20. Yeah, they suffered a tough loss against UNH and some America East action, um, which I think really hurt them on the poll and and, you know, in their postseason prospects. I mean, they still have a tournament to play, so I don't know if it hurt them too much, but it was a tough loss for them. So it was like I put it as like a mini upset from the UNH Wildcats um, taking down the upset. I think it's more of a mini set. No. We'll, we'll trade. We'll, we'll workshop that. No, um, we have it. It's Mupset. We have it. Well, I'll just say looking at the poll, I think it was a little harsh that uh, our Iowa Hawkeyes dropped so precipitously um, down the poll. Uh, you know, SAT words is my specialty. That's right. Liberal arts education, everyone. You'll have a good vocabulary. Well, you know, they uh, dropped to six, but that is actually higher than their RPI, which currently comes in at number eight. So, mm. yeah, I think some of those they, they had some wins against uh, the likes of, I believe, Mary Mac. So even though it was a win, I think that probably hurts their IP, RPI a little bit. But, you know, it's like hot potato. We're just yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised that the coaches dropped them so heavily Um, Uh, for the first time they did not receive any first place votes mm, falling to six and they're just ahead of liberty at seven you know and like iowa obviously a strong team but in watching that northwestern game where they uh lost two zero to the northwestern wildcats i mean northwestern had their like their game plan was solid and really denied Iowa an attack. So I don't know if coaches looked at that game and just, you know, saw some cracks in the, you know, just a a few cracks in the armor. Is that the right thing? Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. All right. So I just think we can see we're, they're stumbling. Like we, we, we can see just sort of their, uh, you know, some of their weaknesses coming, coming to place for like middle of the season. So I wonder if people are just questioning how they'll go into postseason, and they've got some really strong teams for the, for the last couple games of the regular season. So I thought it was a little harsh, but I also watching that game, Northwestern really dominated. And I think people are starting to kind of understand how to play Iowa and they'll have to adapt for the, the last few games to sort of like change their game plan, reevaluate their strengths. Um, to try and keep people on their toes. Looking back at the uh, rest of the weekend, anything that stood out to you? Well, I mean, like the Liberty UNC upset double overtime game was amazing. I mean, what a game. Um, They were really well matched, both super athletic attacking style. It was a fun game to watch, but it definitely, it was a shock for sure. Um, and the other games that I stood out. So another little upset was your Penn state Nittany Lions against Ohio state university, you know, Ohio state was really shooting up in the polls. They're having a really great season and Penn state put a stop to it. Then this was, this was the weekend for Penn state to step up. I think 
going to the weekend, they were 500. It was a must win game for them to be able to stay on the pole. And, and they did it 2 1, took down the Buckeyes. Uh, also in the Big Ten, you had a uh, one or as ACC uh, triple overtime shootout, Louisville over Wick, Wake Forest, one zip. Uh, in the shootout, they played a scoreless tie for 80 minutes, 90 minutes. Yeah. Would have been shorter if they had had two balls. I bet you someone would have scored. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure of that. And in our game to watch, we had Harvard up against St. Joe's because at the time they were 12 and 13, and Harvard took it 1 0. Um, Good weekend for Harvard. Two games, uh, they did not allow a goal. They also shut out Columbia on Friday, uh, 3-0. Yep. And I, um, you know, the other game we had to watch was Quinnipiac-UConn, and I watched a part of it. Quinnipiac took them to overtime. To the brink. Um, to the brink. And I will say, a typical UConn overtime, we were just passing the ball and playing as slow as possible. It was hard to watch. Um, but they did sink one um, and sort of dash our Quinnipiac cat hopes. But... Um, I think I saw on like the post game press release something like that was the most goals that Quinnipiac has scored against UConn for maybe ever. So kudos to the Bobcats. It was was just two. (laughs) They didn't score seven. Listen, when you're writing the press release, you got to find what you can, man. Yeah. So that's what I I got. uh, Vermont, the high scorer of the weekend, they threw an eight spot on Sunday against UC Davis. Uh, In uh, America East action, naturally. Yes. Wow. Okay, Vermont. Yeah, they threw up an eight spot. The big score of the weekend. There were a couple of sixes. uh, No, uh, one seven. Providence over Queens. Wow. Matchup of of two powerhouses. Where were we for that game? Up north or down south? I, I have no idea. Well, I don't, um, I don't even know why I asked, but Maryland made the trip down to the Jennings Dome and they uh, went to halftime at 1-1 and escaped with a 2-1 win over your American Eagles to cap a rare two-game weekend for the Terps. <laughs> they uh, blanked Michigan State 3-0 on Friday. Yeah, this is going to be the tough part of Maryland's season where they actually have to play two games on like a Friday-Sunday setup, so... Best of luck to well, the Terps. They'll be back at the friendly confines with Turk Vision. So that's right. They'll have those uh, those cameras down low. Turtles, Turtle Vision. Turk Vision. Tur- I think Turtle Vision's better. I think it's great. I Can actually think it would be a great stick for the uh, for Maryland to have Turtle Vision and <laughs> all of their cameras like really low to the ground and moving super slowly. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Thank you. Um, so I got some shoots and ladders for you. Not many. All right, go for it. No, well, well, you know, we really at this point in the season, you know, we've kind of settled in. We know who just about everyone is. Um, you know, it's amazing. We we uh, we mentioned this with Coach Fuchs, but it's amazing how how fast the season goes. I mean, we're already in the home stretch here. About two weeks left in the regular season, and then uh, conference tournament play, and then the season's got three weeks left. So. Or including conference tournament play. So, yeah, everyone is who we uh, think they are at this point. But yeah. still, who well, shot and so who laddered? So, shooting. Um, and I think they've been on the downward trend for a couple weeks now. So, Michigan, they're 6-6. Six and six. So, this weekend, last weekend, two losses. One to Northwestern, they lost 
0-1. And then they also lost to Rutgers 2-1 in overtime. Um, so this week they have a little doubleheader uh, against Maryland and Penn State. So in order to remain on the poll, they either have to split or they got to win both. But if they lose both, that'll be Michigan off the poll for the first time in probably a very long time. Um, so they're on the bit of a struggle bus and kind of, I think, in a sort of like bit of a desperate situation going to the weekend. So that's my shoot. You got the I got a ladder and it's our Liberty Flames. They uh, obviously with the upset win, that was huge for them. They played really well. Um, so they're 12 and one right now and coming up. I mean, they have the potential to just win out the rest of the season this weekend. They have Quinnipiac and JMU. And then next weekend they have UConn and the Hoyas of Georgetown. So your Liberty Flames could be looking at a 16 and one record going into postseason. Um, which puts them in a really strong position because despite being in what might be a bit of a flagging Big East, they have a strong out-of-conference schedule, high on the RPI. And with the upset win against UNC, they're in a really strong position to, if they win the Big East, get a really good um, pull in the in the bracket. Well, it, it's a little early for this, but do you see them as a host? Ooh, wow. Ooh. That's a good question. I had I not know. thought of that. They've they're got fifth the in the RPI. So here's the thing. They're fifth or go ahead. Okay. They're fifth in the RPI. The three of the four teams ahead of them are in the ACC. Mm. So at least one of them, at least one of them will not even make the ACC championship game. Gosh. And so, I just like, I don't know. You know, maybe that's somebody we need to bring on the pod. Somebody who knows a little bit more about how we do our NCAA seating in field hockey, but because I do think that geographic, like geography is a factor. Sure. Um, but so, you know, like if Duke and North Carolina, if one of them wins the ACC, like do they get the host, do they get to host? And then would you also, would you have somebody in the same sort of region, right? Like Southern I mean, Virginia, Liberty North Carolina. North Carolina aren't that close. I mean. Oh my God, we got to go to the map again. Because I honestly don't know where Liberty is. Well, like, are they Southern Virginia? They're in Lynchburg, right? I think so. That's like central. Central. So, I mean, I guess it's not that close. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Yeah. It's like an hour from UVA, I think. Yeah. So actually, I mean, it's a pretty good. It would be a good host site because if you go like Charlotte, you know, Lynchburg maybe something in the DC area and then like uh, upstate New York, Pennsylvania. Well, the, problem, the problem with the DC area, Maryland is 12th. Mm. Virginia is seven. This is the RPI. Virginia is seventh and they're fourth in their league. So I don't know about the DC area. You could have Louisville or Northwestern be the Western host. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you could end up with – you probably won't have Duke and North Carolina host, right? I mean, that that defeats the purpose. Right. Well, and, so, I mean, do you get more of a chance that UNC hosts an opening round? Like, what what's the factor that they're also hosting the, the semis and the championship? Like, do you want to keep it at the same I site? Don't think, I don't think that matters at all. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that doesn't matter. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see it play out. Maybe we find out who's on our uh, 
I mean, we could have a, a Duke or North Carolina, then Northwestern, maybe Louisville and Liberty. We'll see. Because there aren't too many teams in like the Northeast that are high up in the RPI that would that be no, able to hope. Yeah, I mean, you have Rutgers. True. You yeah, Harvard. Rutgers but I mean, is honestly, six on the RPI, Harvard is nine, Boston College is ten. I feel like Rutgers. It told like the Big Ten tournament is always. If Rutgers won the Big Ten, then they could they could definitely host. But it but like they could also win the regular say they re, win the regular season like because the Big Ten is the way it is like they could win in the second round of, or lose in the second round of the Big Ten tournament. You know, I, anything could happen. Right. But if they win the Big Ten tournament, you would think they would host, right? If they were if they run the table, so if they're eighteen and zero and Big Ten champions, they're going to host. And I, I just, you sure, but I just like, I, je- I don't know like what considerations are made when you think about just like, like facility. Well, I mean, be, the, you know what I mean? To, the, the schools have to put in a bid, so mm. they have to agree to want to host. That's number one. Sometimes, it especially happens in baseball, because there's uh, 16 sites and not just four. You know, not everyone puts in the host, so that's a mess. Um, and then, you know, right, there is a minimum facility requirement. I'm guessing lights are required. Which they don't have, like, because they hosted the Big Ten tournament a couple of years ago, and they they How made it they work. without lights? Did they they, br- they brought in, in generators. lights? Okay. They brought in generators. So they could do it, but it's just like, it's not a great look because they need a better facility. They really do. I mean, to compete in the Big Ten. Because right now it's pretty bare bones. Yeah. So you got to put in the host. You got to have lights. I'm sure there's minimum locker room requirements, but I can't imagine anyone in the ACC, Big Ten, ACC or Big Ten at the very least doesn't meet those. And Liberty certainly does also. So I, I can't imagine that being an issue. I'm just telling you, it's, um, I mean, if they haven't changed in the last couple of years, like it's pretty bare bones at Rutgers. I don't know if they have like good locker room facilities on at the, like at the field because you used to have to bus to another spot. So like, it's just not a super awesome this, place. This sounds like a pitch session investigation. We should do some investigative we, journalism. Yes. Do we have like the I team, you know, like on the local news? And that, like we can be, I'm standing outside Rutgers field hockey facility in Piscataway. Like we'll have, we'll have we'll do like some like gotcha journalism. We'll get some B roll of some like spider webs and like well, crumbling I infrastructure. Get the, I get the, the facilities person with like the dot over their face. You know, they, they don't <laughs> the blurry go on face. The yeah. And we, and we, uh, you know, you mess with their voice. Voice. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, please. Okay. We'll make a trip to Piscataway and, uh, we need so New Jersey is one of our highest downloaded states. So, you know, shout out Garden State. We need some information about Rutgers facilities. We need so, the inside scoop. We do need the inside scoop. So, I mean, so let us know, wink, wink. So, slide in our DMs. Let us know if you're willing to be our mole or email you. We have an email, don't we? Is it, we do. Know. We do. What is it? <laughs> Pitch session podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So that's there. Keep an eye out for that. We'll receive encrypted messages. Whatever you need oh, to do. We, you know what? We should we should get on Telegram. So people <laughs> I, can I don't even know. 
that's the one like all the journalists use like if you want to like you know it's like encrypted no one can break into it <laughs> and so like all, like all the journalists are like i'm on if you look on if you go to like a real like print journalist page they'll have like their telegram number nice so that you can like send them a tip anonymously yes yeah, so we will take anonymous tips we will protect you we will give you as think much WhatsApp, protection as we can i think whatsapp is encrypted too so all right so we've got that um, well, speaking of Rutgers facilities, do you know who heads there very soon? Wait, do I do? Oh, Ohio State? Well, maybe, but that's not what I was going for. Oh, okay. No, the then Northwestern no, I don't. Wildcats. Oh, that's right. See what I did there? I, I love that nice little transition. Perfect. Okay, well, you got a transition now. Oh, so well, we're really excited to uh, let's go talk to Tracy Fuchs. All right, it's a new week. We got a new number one, and we got a new coach on the pod. Welcome to the one, the only Tracy Fuchs from Northwestern University. We're so excited to have you on Pitch Session. Yeah, thanks for having me, everybody. Should be fun. Fun time. Are you aware of our problem with the number one team and what we've done? Uh, no, but I'm sure you'll share that with me. So two weeks ago, Lisa Salucci joined us uh, when Iowa was number one, as they'd been for several weeks. And after meeting with us, she lost to uh, Northwestern. Ohio, Ohio State and Northwestern. And Northwestern. So we had a new number one, and that was North Carolina. And our guest last week was Aaron Matson. All right. And the Tar Heels dropped one to Liberty this Sunday. Okay. So we're, we're looking to you... We're looking to you to break the curse. Okay, I'm going to do my best. Well, we if anybody a, can do it, <laughs> we my money's on Tracy. <laughs> so we'll be pulling hard for you this weekend. Thank you. Yes. Uh, bye week for the Big Ten, though, right? Just Ohio? Yeah, we have our senior day coming up this Sunday against Ohio U, which is my former assistant coach. So should be a fun weekend. Good. Well, and so we were just getting caught up and we see that right now we're on the longest win streak since 1990, 12 wins in a row. So tell us what's the magic this year? Yeah. I mean, if you had told me that before the season, I probably would have called you crazy, but um, honestly, uh, we just have a lot of experience and we've been really, really consistent each and every game. And when you put those two together, uh, good things happen. And we've just been, you know, we, I, I say we have one of the best goalkeepers in the country, but we're really solid on, we're good on every line. Our defense is solid. We're getting scoring from a lot of different people up front. So really happy so far. There's definitely areas we need to work on as we come into the final stretch here, but um, couldn't be happier with my group. Well, and I was going to say, so at the beginning of the season, we called out Maddie Zimmer and Ben Tabakers not playing for you this year and thinking that those would be serious absences that you'd have to deal with. But yeah. I'm curious, sort of, how has that impacted the team? Because right now you're outscoring your opponents 37 to 7 and you're outcornering them 124 to 43. So clearly on the on offense, um, you're not feeling their absences as, you know, like acutely. But I'm yeah. Uh, yeah, how's it affecting the team? I mean... Um, you know, when you lose a 30 goal scorer in Benta, you know, I think sometimes when you have somebody like that, teams just rely on her. So if she struggles in a game, you, you get caught a little bit. And this year 
again, we're just so balanced. And then, you know, um, Maddie's Maddie's a superstar and we're so happy she's going to go represent the USA. Um, and don't get me wrong, I wish I had her uh, running up and down the sidelines for us this year. But, you know, everybody else has just really stepped up their game um, a little bit. You know, we have three graduate students and Aaliyah, Peyton and Lindsay coming over from Richmond and they have been really, really solid. And then you have Laura Wattis and Annabelle Skubish who are seniors who are always solid and consistent. And then, you know, we've had a few surprises, um, not surprises, but people who have really contributed that maybe weren't on the field last year and a Greta Hinkie who's replacing one of who I think Kayla Blass, who didn't have any stats over her five years, but was just a rock in the middle. So everybody's doing their part um, and uh, we just need to, you know, keep it going here. Absolutely. Well, and I went to look at your stats because I was like, Olivia Ben Cole is fast becoming my favorite player in the NCAA. <laughs> I, I watched a couple of games and she scored this goal that I forget. I mean, it was against Ohio State, but she was like kind of yeah. falling. And then she like pulled it to her strong side. But I mean, I was like, this is next yeah. level. So I went to your stat sheet and I was like, she's got to be top scorer. And she's not even like you, yeah. you're so balanced across your the top. Um, I mean, obviously your attack's really effective right now. So for sure. But that 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 kid's going to be uh, the real deal both here and, you know, at the international level, she just changes a game. She might not have the stats, but um, on our side stats, I mean, she's pressuring the ball. She's forcing turnovers. She's creating so much havoc for other teams. Um, and she's a playmaker. She doesn't always have to shoot. So she likes to pass. Um, and she's really coming into her own as we, you know, get, to the final stretch, you know, she was, she's a first year. So it takes a little while for everybody to get adjusted. Um, but she's really coming into her own the last few weeks here. You know, we know you never want to lose a game, but was there something about losing the opener and getting it out of the way? <laughs> um, and, and, and being able to say, okay, we, we survived this and, and, and then to come back and win 12 in a row, or, uh, would you prefer maybe not to drop the opener? Yeah. I mean, uh, you're right, Andrew. I'm a competitor. I hate to lose. But honestly, in that game, I thought if that's where we're going to start, we're going to be in really, really good shape. We we played quite well that game. Or we didn't we we just couldn't hit the back of the net and Louisville uh, held on and played some really good defense. But I knew I was like, all right, we're going to be all right if this is the bar because I thought actually that was one of our better performances of the year. So, um, and I think, you know, sharing that with the team made them feel like, all right, we can, we can really be competitive and be successful again this season. And we joke about the uh, new week, new number one, but I mean, what does that say about hockey in the United States right now that we have so many teams, like really strong teams competing for top spots in the, not only the coaches poll, but the RPI. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, it is so much parody. And I, oh, I've said all season that like when it comes to the NCAAs, once they have those teams in there, anybody can win it. And you really have to bring your best each and every day. And, um, and kind of that's, what we've done consistently, but um, it's, I think it's really, really good for the sport. It's good to see, um, you know, teams outside the big 10 and ACC have some really big upsets um, like Liberty did last weekend. 
Um, and there's been some others, but it's great. It, it keeps it competitive. You know, we love to compete and uh, uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, going down the home stretch, I'll have Ohio uh, at home, and then you finish with three Big Ten games, two uh, on the road. Yeah. Obviously, Penn State, always a tough place to play, and Rutgers is undefeated. So, you know, definitely not an easy stretch run for you guys. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, we we take each and every game as it comes. So, you know, we need to finish off our non-conference season um, this weekend and play strong. And that will hopefully prepare us for Penn State and Rutgers, two teams who um, kind of have been our nemesis a little bit in the last few years. Um, and, you know, both of the team, Penn State has two of the best con- uh, players in the country. And Rutgers has been really, really consistent, maybe a little bit overlooked as the season went on. Finally, they're jumping up in the polls, but they've been a really consistent team. So um, we'll be ready to go. Um, It's our last road trip um, before we start Big Ten. So um, we're looking forward to the next four matches. Season goes fast. It sure does. <laughs> it's, it's the fastest. Still warm fast. out, so yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's it's getting a little stretch. chilly down here in the south <laughs> of the state. I love it. Um, oh, you're in the same state. I never even. We thought are. That. We are. That's a great point. I like to think <laughs> of my. I'm in like a mystery location. No one needs to know. Um, but yeah, it is getting a little. Getting a little chilly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, shortest season in sports. So it's wrapping up here quickly. Sure is. Um, so, Tracy, I, I don't I know you're an avid follower of the podcast. You've, you've listened to every episode. So every uh, single one. I yeah, we, we can week. pin we can pin a download every week right there to Evanston. <laughs> so. Um, so you'll know that. So we asked both Lisa and Aaron. Um, yeah. We're kind of obsessed with this idea that like every sport in the Olympics should have a normal person in it to sort of give the people at home just a a nice comparison. As you sit there and say, this is, this can't be that hard. Um, I could do this as a good point of comparison. So I know you've been to the Olympics. So, but actual Olympian, we apologize for this (laughs) question. That's okay. That's all right. No, but at this point in your life, you get selected normal person Olympics, which event do you choose either because you think, and we've all seen the clip from your ice hockey uh, career, but either either because you think you could kind of like, you could hang yeah. or you just want to try it or maybe like you just want to embarrass yourself a little bit. What's your, what's your yeah. event? I'm going to pick two. I think ice hockey is a natural pick for me, but I'm going to go with snowboard <laughs> cross. Because oh. they just knock the heck out of each other coming down that the hill. Cool and I think answer. if I can get out of the gates early and just knock over my competitors, I might make it to the bottom of the hill. So you're not going down. You're going horizontal. You're I'm taking. Going, I'm going horizontal. I'm I'm gonna see what I can do. But I love watching that in the Olympics. So um, <laughs> I would say I could be a little Eddie the Eagle, but no way. It's too. Uh, I'm afraid of heights, so I'm not picking. Uh, That's a great a jump. <laughs> um, and then one one last question. Yeah. If you are appointed czar of the field hockey world for one day. Yeah, you're as, you're as close as any one person. I was going to say, yeah, but but you are officially given the title and you can change one rule that will stick after your day as czar ends. Oh, this, this can is be so NCAA, international, whatever you want. You need to challenge me. I've been I've been trying for like my top 10 rule changes, but my number one rule change we'll take all 10. would be uh, to make lefty and righty sticks. Oh, 
Wow. I think there's a lot of lefties that get left out because they start the sport later and then they're like, oh, they don't make lefty sticks and they don't play. And with the n- no more obstruction and all of that, like, I just think the game would be awesome if you had lefties and righties and interesting. Um, so that Even is my one rule change. Is there a movement for that or is that just you? Like, I've never heard I am starting it. Only She's one starting it in the world that that, that probably um, would go against the. Are you left handed? No, I'm not actually, but a lot of uh, people I play ice hockey with are, and I just think they'd be great field hockey players mm-hmm. if we could get some lefty sticks in there. So, so does let's that mean change my, the world. My my right hand's at the top of the stick, or is my yeah. left hand at the top? My right. No, hand. your left. Your right hand will be on the top, so you play All like right. an ice hockey player. Left. Okay. So my yeah. toes up, but it's I'm left hand. I'm my yeah. right hand. Yeah. Okay. All right. So way. So do we? Does somebody make these? Actually, you know, Craig um, from USA Field Hockey had some made just to make players uncomfortable like and to in try his to, workshop, in yeah, Craig's workshop, Harrow or somebody made them. I can't remember who, but I was like, "This is what we need. Let's change it." Well, you Maybe know, we, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in baseball, there's no left-handed catchers' mitts. There's no left-handed catchers. Mm, my sister was a left-handed softball player catcher, but is that true? Is that a true yeah. fact? If, if anybody I mean, would know, it would be Andrew. It is. Okay. I mean, there are there are very, 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 very few, yeah. very few. I mean, you can have one custom made, but That's generally okay. there's no left-handed catcher's mitts. Dang, see? So if we get left-handed hockey sticks. We'll, we'll get left-handed catchers. I'm all for it. I love all it. Right. Okay, that, that is great. not at all what I expected you to say. I'm, I, you know what not- we're going to do? Here at the end of the year, we're going to take all these rules and we're going to put them together. Yeah, one <laughs> and we're going to the top ten. And we're going to revolutionize the sport. <laughs> Here's your rule discussion this uh, year. Yeah, I've exactly. Had it. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. All right. Well, Tracy Fuchs, thanks so much for coming on the pod. We are wishing you the absolute best of luck this weekend and for the rest of the season. We're excited to see what the Wildcats are going to do. All right, guys. I really appreciate if you don't jinx me with the bringing me on. But uh, absolutely we not. Hope, we hope very much not to. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys having me and uh, it's great to have people talk about field hockey and love it. Go cats. That's what we do. Go cats. Bye. Bye. All right. Take care. Well, that was wonderful. She's the best. She's the best. One of the kindest people. Uh, You know, I I first met her in Mochengladbach. At the Junior World Cup, what year was that? Was that like twenty? Oh my gosh! Well, I was. When was? was it? No, that was pre twenty sixteen because her was that and twenty thirteen. Her and Steve were co- and with with here you go deep track. Nate Franks was on the coaching staff Who? there. Nate Franks. Who is that? Former assistant coach to American University and the you Princeton Tigers. You saw him. Like I show up in Germany and he just goes, hey, Andrew, and walks oh, away. Hey, Andrew. Like, <laughs> like we were <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I only flew 8,000 miles, Nate, but okay. Was that You know what? We, we have such high uh, downloads in New Jersey. It's because Nate Franks is listening. Definitely in his new role as a uh, financier. I was going to say an uh, investment banker for somebody. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking up. When- Nate, though. Nate, Nate uh, has a very strong legacy uh, that will live forever. Absolutely. Nate is the best. Nate's the best. Was that in 2012? That I think it was 13. Right. No, it wouldn't have been an Olympic year. I think it was 13. 
Okay. Cause it just said, yeah. All right. Well, whatever it was, that was your first interaction with Tracy Fuchs. And it was delightful. Delightful. But nowhere near as pleasant as the last 15 minutes. <laughs> That's right. She's, she's just let's delightful. just check. Hang on one sec. Now that we're in the future, let's see if the Blackhawks won last night. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was very focused on that. I got to find that clip. It's actually incredible. I'll go on. I'll get on it. The the Blackhawks uh, won four to two. So hopefully she enjoyed watching the game. (laughs) Sure she did. So let's look ahead to the weekend here. More exciting action across the country. You know, I had a hard time choosing some games to watch TM because there's managed to do so. I did because, you know, it's just, (laughs) I have a long list because there's a lot of good hockey, especially on Friday. Well, let's hear it. All right. So I'm excited about, I think it'll be a bit of a grudge match between number 10 university of Maryland, and number 16, Michigan, as we mentioned earlier, Michigan's on a sort of like must win situation. Um, And Maryland's also like, not super high in the big 10 rankings right now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be a big game uh, for those two. And then we also have American university who is currently three, and zero in the Patriot league playing the defending champions of the conference in uh, your Lehigh mountain Hawks. So that'll be an exciting game on Friday. That's some Friday night lights. I do believe. Whoa. Whoa. Look out. Patriot league. That, We're getting off the Saturday seven, schedule. That's a 7 PM opening bully. Well, if it's under the lights, that means it's at Lehigh. So it might be a little chilly. It is at Lehigh. All right. Well, so th- I think that'll be an exciting game in some, in some Patriot lead action. And then I'm looking, here we go at the ACC. You got your number five Louisville Cardinals versus number two Duke. Um, which I'm, you may not know, Andrew, but the head coach at Duke, Pam Buston, used to be the head coach at Louisville, where Justine Sowry was her assistant coach. So and that'll she's be a now the head coach. That's right. So there's all kinds of connections happening there. Um, and another wonderful person, if I may. Absolutely. Maybe someday she'll come on the pod. I would love to have her on the pod. You know what? I hope I can twist her arm. I still hope I have a little bit of power. Um, But right now, Duke's number one in the ACC. Louisville's number two. Um, I think they're well-matched, just sort of like in style of play. So that'll be a really exciting game to watch. And then here, I I got another one for you. Number 18, Cornell versus Penn. In, I, in the Ivy League. So Penn is current. So this is what I find interesting. Cornell's three and one in the Ivy League and eight and three overall. Penn is currently number two in the Ivy League. So they're four and oh in the Ivy League, but they're six and six overall. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a flip when it comes to the Ivy League standings at the end of this game. Because I've got my money on Cornell. Pretty clear. Penn has one route to the NCAA tournament and it's through the Ivy League. So uh, probably a must-win game for them. You know, and I forgot, uh, this year is the first year of the Ivy League tournament. Um, so you know, The Ivy League held out in almost every sport and had no tournament until about 10 years ago, and they've started just having tournaments for everything. They, they used to be different. Just saying. They flip-flop. Um, well, they just I mean, they didn't they, flop. Back. They didn't flop. That's right. They didn't go back. But it, it makes things interesting because I was thinking earlier when Harvard and 
Corn. Oh no, wait. Cornell's loss was to Princeton. So I was like, oh no, kiss of death. This is no good for Cornell, who could have a really good season. But in actuality, they have another chance at it probably in the tournament. If Princeton makes it to the Ivy League tournament, which is still up for debate. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll find so out. You've, you've left out the most important game of the week, Kirsten. Well, I had one more for, I have a couple oh, more. Oh, okay. I thought you were. So, okay. Well, I'm not done, but I'm curious what you're going to say. So my other Friday game to watch is number four Rutgers versus number nine, Ohio State. Um, like, will this be, will Ohio State be the team to, to hand Rutgers their first loss? I don't know. We shall see. Um, Saturday, and more Ivy League action, we got Princeton versus Harvard, which should be good. Um, and as I'd like to uh, mention that Saturday's for Division Three. We got number 11, Lynchburg, playing number 13, Keene, in some non-conference action. How come Division Two never gets any love? You know, I as I was looking at it, I was like, I need to give Division Two some love. I know. I know. I got to do it. What about um, NAIA in junior college? Well, we don't have those. So. How's Donegal High School doing? I have no idea. No clue. Come on. I know. I know. I'm a bad alumni alumna um and then sunday here you go in upstate new york the battle for the i don't know maple syrup what's an upstate new york thing the finger lake uh syracuse versus cornell at cornell at cornell so i think that would be a pretty good game i'm telling you cornell and that drag flicker caroline ramsey like they're force and then we got number six iowa and number five louisville also on Sunday. It's a non-conference that? oh, action. Louisville. That is a battle. Yes. Which is, I mean, that'll be I a feel like, drag out. It's an interesting choice. Cause I feel like a lot of other programs to kind of like front load the non-conference tough games on their schedule. To, so to have this so late in the season, I'm, I'm a bit surprised and it'll be, it'll be a good one. We've got a uh, battle of the Commonwealth Richmond at old dominion. That one will be uh uh, major conflict for sure, but you 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 left out the game of the week, Kirsten. So I clearly we're not aligned because I don't I don't know what it what it could be. It's on Sunday. It's on Sunday. Do I get to look at the schedule? It's Is Ohio something- at Northwestern. <laughs> we already talked about that with coach, but Hughes. it's the game of the week. It is the game of the week because because it it holds a lot for us. If if Ohio upsets Northwestern, we will never have another. We're done. On. We're done. We're done. Well, I don't know. Here's my question, Andrew. If that happens, who's number one? Do we get some Pam Buston action? We do. Why would she come on? She'd be nuts. Well, it depends on. Uh, she would be nuts. If 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 Ohio beats Northwestern and Duke becomes number one, there's no chance she would come on i don't know what we turn to we will have to start going to the provost if that's what happens or we'll go to division three i love some division three i know you do and i got a lot of great coaches that would be happy to get on this call and try and convince you and and not try to convince you convince you there's there's not i'm not there's nothing to convince me of like there's nothing wrong with division three it's, it's a great less, it's less interesting. Well, also, I'm just saying if we talked about division three, this podcast would be three hours long. So we just gotta focus. 
You want to go three hours? We can go three hours. No, sir. No, sir. I can't. Um, but yeah, so that's what I got for you. Games to watch. Trademark. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back in a week, maybe with a new number one, maybe not. Um, yeah. And follow us on Instagram or no. Oh, my no. God. Don't. Oh God. We don't have an Instagram. I don't have photos. Stop asking me about it. Follow us on Twitter at Pitch Should Session we start Pod. an Instagram? No. What should photos we are we going to post? Should we make a Facebook group? Absolutely not. I'm trying to limit my... We need as little social media as possible. So, but just follow us on Twitter. There was something else we were talking about. Oh, God, please rate us and review us. Oh, you, you're so good to remember that. That's <laughs> why I wrote it best. down. I wrote Did you it down. really? I, oh, yes. You mentioned it, so I wrote it down. I did mention it. I know. Rate us Do you want to shout out the Atlanta Botanical Garden? Oh, my gosh. Best botanical garden I've ever been to. Number one. Like, if there was a ranking for botanical gardens, it is my number one. It was incredible. Andrew learned about plants. He saw some orchids. Yeah. What was your favorite part? I like the uh, the room we went in with the, where I thought the animals were fake. The animals were fake. <laughs> Like the, oh, the um, high elevate, high altitude tropical tropical garden room. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think those were just sounds for us. I don't think they were really. I think there was. I think there's a frog in there. There's just one frog. I thought the Japanese garden was underwhelming. It really was. I was very disappointed in that. But everything else was just delightful. Loved it. I'm glad you so, enjoyed it. When you make your trip to Atlanta, um, th- this pet- this episode of Pod, or oh, for goodness sakes, this episode of Pitch Session brought to you by uh, the Atlanta Botanical Garden. The Atlanta Botanical Gardens. When you make your trip to the uh, great city of Atlanta, to make sure ATL. you visit the ATL. Um, you'll have to pay for parking and a ticket, but it's worth it. And and the parking is very heavily guarded. It really is. Don't take your pickup. You're going to have to do like a 14 point turn to get out of the parking garage. Yeah. All right. So next week we'll be back, hopefully with the same number one. And some more games to watch. That's it. All right. TM. Bye, Andrew.